Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am thrilled to be gathering with you today to share with you something I'm really passionate about, which is throwing fabulous parties. So something I have learned about myself is that one, I am a master, a champion of taking care of myself in the sense of self-care practices. I really have a devotion and a commitment to that. I don't do it perfectly by any means, but who does? And something I have learned is that that is just not enough. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it feels like we can do self-care until we're blue in the face. And a common question is, why do I still feel an achy, sad, existential loneliness? I know that's what I ask myself. And the reason is because there is a very, very important aspect of self-care that particularly in our day and age, goes neglected, which is co-regulation. The art and the science of having other people in your life that can help regulate your mind and your nervous system, which is just a fancy scientific way of saying, we need people and we need parties, now more than ever, I think. And so for today's podcast episode, I want to share with you a few fabulous ideas for creating meaningful connections in order to foster more of your village. You know, we have the phrase, it takes a village for a reason. And the 
most well-known version of that phrase is it takes a village to raise a child, but I would say it takes a village to continue raising what we all are, which are children in older bodies. (laughs) And so in today's episode, you are going to be inspired for some ways to be a leader in creating the party you wish to attend and being in the community that you wish to be a part of. And so where we're going to begin is with a basic understanding of what I mean when I say embodied intelligence. So my coaching program and coaching style is a system that I developed called embodied intelligence, which when it comes to the body and this experience of being embodied honors and includes all of the aspects of what we call the body. So there is the physical body in which we do embodiment practices like movement and somatic practices to regulate and to expand our somatic sensitivity. There is the emotional body, whereas in the coaching program, we use dialectical behavioral therapy methods to cultivate what's known as the wise mind, where we can take the logical, rational brain and the emotional, more chaotic brain and utilize both of their gifts without having to choose between to cultivate an experience of wisdom. There is the mental body, which is its own garden of delights. And the mind can often get a bad rap, particularly if you experience anxiety and worry and circular thinking. And yet the mind is a part of the body. And so loving your body also means loving and embracing your mind's particular style of intelligence. And in the coaching program, we utilize some powerful cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, which is all about shifting your mindset in a therapeutic evidence-based way, as opposed to just telling you to think different things. And then there is the final aspect of what we call the body which is our energy body, our soul, what some might call the part of us that is not bound to time and space and story, and that animates all of these bodies that we experience in human form. And in the coaching program, we utilize art therapy-inspired exercises to access this unique part of your subconscious and utilize its wisdom to serve your soul being expressed through your body. And I share all of that with you because when it comes to our body's needs, our entire body's needs, each of these are spokes on the wheel of who you are. And each of these are nurtured through supportive, abundant community. Having people in your village 
that help you check your fearful, conditioned thoughts at the door, that help you see and hold your emotions for what they are without trying to change them, but yet have this faith in your ability to resolve them. My favorite kind of friend is a friend who shares a passion for embodiment and for tending the garden of the physical body through things like movement and delicious, fresh, satisfying food and the more sassier side of life, like great sex stories and gorgeous adornment and shopping adventures. And then, of course, these friendships and experiences with one's village are empty without that soulful, meaningful connection. And something that I hear from my clients very frequently is, I feel so alone. I'm surrounded by people at my office. I have my family at home, my partner, my children, or maybe you don't, maybe you live alone and you work from home and you're not surrounded by people all the time. Maybe you're in a caretaker role for family members. And yet there is this sense and this dark cloud of aloneness around all the time. And this is so common. As a coach, I am privileged to see the commonalities between each of our human hearts and our human pain. And pain is one of the ways we can have shared experience. But fun is also a way we can have shared experience. So we're going to transition now into some of the ideas for gathering meaningful community. And so if you're like me, if I tell you, why don't you just throw a party, you go into a trauma response. (laughs) Throwing a party can be a lot of pressure. I personally love throwing parties. It's just kind of a gift of mine that I really, really enjoy. But for you, that might sound like the last thing you want to add to your list. And so each of these suggestions are things that you can do that don't have to be fancy and don't require a signature cocktail unless you want them to, and don't even require more than two people to create the gathering. These are suggestions where your house can be a holy mess and you can still charge on with the gathering. So when I say party or gathering, I want to be really clear about what I mean in the sense that this is designed to add to your life in a sense of replenishment instead of adding more work to your life. So the first gem for creating meaningful embodied gatherings is something called Oracle Night. So we are so gifted to have therapists and coaches and mentors and guides. And yet what all of these service providers are designed to do is safely and skillfully take us to the place of our own inner wisdom. And so a powerful thing that you can create 
is a community that supports and nurtures the path to each of our own individual wisdom. And one night, many years ago in New York, I was invited to a party, just a gathering of some friends, and we were all Koya teachers. And so there was some wine and some grapes and some food and some snacks, and everyone was mingling about. And I don't know if it was Rochelle, Rochelle, who's the founder of Koya. And in case you don't know, Koya, spelled Q-O-Y-A, is a movement class and method based on the idea of following the sensation of truth in your body. And rather than an externalized experience of correction or praise, whether or not you're doing the movement right, you know you're doing it right because it feels right in your own body. And so all of us shared that value and that common bond at this party. And at one point, I don't even remember how it happened, but we started doing oracle dances which is basically where each person got a chance in the proverbial hot seat to share what's going on in their life and where they'd like some support or where they feel confused or lost. I remember at this time, I was just a few weeks, maybe months out of my separation from my marriage. And I was just, my heart was just ravaged. And I remember asking, like, how did this happen? How did I get here? And then what happens is after the person in the hot seat shares whatever they want and need to share, we hit shuffle on a random playlist. And I actually, for my groups, whenever I do this exercise with my coaching groups, I have a playlist of just oracle songs, songs that help bring you back to your wisdom. And those could be everything from a Mariah Carey ballad to a instrumental East Forest tune that lures you into a river of quiet. It's a real variety of songs. And so that's kind of where you would start with a gathering like this is with having a playlist or a variety of playlists. And then after the person in the hot seat shares, you hit shuffle on the playlist and everyone moves organically to one song, listening and noticing and allowing that question to bloom and unfold in their own body and in their own being. And then after the song completes, each person gets to share what they received. Here's what I noticed. And not from a place of advice giving, but instead from a place of, here's what I transmitted through that dance for you that you may want or need to hear from source or the universe. And when I did this exercise, the song that I got was the Tracy Chapman version of All That You Have Is Your Soul which I'll put a link to in the show notes. And I remember Rochelle hitting shuffle and seeing that appear. And she said, shuffle just hooked you up. (laughs) And it was magical and meaningful and so inspiring. And it's something I love to pass on to every one of my clients. And I hope that it inspires you. The next gem 
is gathering around something that I find is always a lovely lubricant to meaningful connection, which is a mutual love of beauty. And so I have had floral arranging parties to celebrate spring, where each person brings a bouquet of flowers and we all practice our floral arranging skills. Maybe we watch a YouTube video of how to create a certain type of bouquet. I have regular art dates with my friends. Another idea is you could just have a spa night where everybody brings a product and you all get to share and practice and play with beauty tips. But one of my favorite things to do is go out to brunch with a small group of girlfriends and then go shopping where each person gets to pick out an item for one of the group to try on. So if I'm out with my friends, Marianne and Elizabeth, Marianne and Elizabeth would each pick a garment for me to try on. I would pick a garment for each of them to try on and so on. Because when it comes to our style, sometimes our habits are so limiting. And when I shop personally, I try to make a practice of seeing something that I just think I would never wear that and trying it on anyway, because I have been so surprised by how I actually feel about a garment once it's on versus how I feel about it when it's on the shelf. And this might be a little bit of a diversion, but one of the things that I find really useful in this practice is focusing on shape rather than any other element of the garment. So I know that there are certain shapes that really work well for my body. I have larger breasts. I have a belly that is beautifully round. And then I have very shapely legs and very articulate, graceful shoulders. And so something I love to wear is off-the-shoulder tops. And I love skirts that come to my mid-thigh. I don't love to wear strapless dresses because then I have to wear a strapless bra and my strapless bra is a bit of a 747 of a bra and it has about a two hour window before it says, I'm done, I'm ready to go home. And so I find that that's a really foundational piece of creating great style and when shopping and selecting items for your friends, you can keep that in mind also. The next gem is to host a failure party. (laughs) So I often tell the story here on the podcast and in life in general about a time where I made a really big mistake and I cost my company I was working for at the time a lot of money And that night I went out and I bought champagne and chocolates. And when my husband at the time came home, he said, wow, what are we celebrating? And I said, we are celebrating that I made a huge mistake at work today. And I learned so much about myself and my coworkers and how to be a great, responsible employee. And that most likely I will never have to experience that again. And what was so powerful and impactful about that is that it took an experience that could have landed in my body as, 
oh no, this is really bad. And the next logical step after that is I am really bad. And putting it in the container of celebration somatically shifted how my body interpreted that experience. And when I think about it, I feel sensations and emotions of levity and joy rather than shame and disappointment. And so I have had heartbreak parties where there's the ending of a significant relationship and friends come over to ritualize that and where there's a funeral for the relationship and for all that is lost, not just in the relationship itself, but the dreams of the relationship and where the loss, just like we do in our own death and rebirth rituals when a person we love dies, the ritual is about honoring. And so once again, it's like the body and the subconscious gets an imprint that this is beautiful. And one of my favorite quotes from the book, Eat, Pray, Love is, it is time for something that was beautiful to become something else that is beautiful. I have thrown divorce parties for friends. And I think what is distinguishing about this type of party is that I've gone to divorce celebrations that are drenched in margaritas and making out with strangers and cursing the spouse of the person we're celebrating. And those are fun and great and can help create a distraction from what's happening and have a affirming effect. But the type of party that I'm describing is rather than trying to temporarily lift you out of your pain, which again is extremely necessary in the process of healing. I don't mean to in any way give the impression that one is superior to the other, but the type of party that I'm describing is one that takes you deeper into the reality of how you feel. And in that experience of shared experience and receiving support and looking into the eyes of people who have been through what you have been through or can empathize or at least hold you in compassion and see things about yourself that you can't see in that state of grief allows you to embody what we say when we say you've got to feel it to heal it and that the feeling and not running and not hiding and not trying to fix or correct is what creates the resolution. And the final gem is just quirky, what the hell, why not parties. So for example, my great grandmother in our family, she has a hot chocolate set, which is this beautiful porcelain, gold embellished, tall, hot chocolate teapot. And then these tiny cups and saucers that probably contain about or can hold about three tablespoons of hot chocolate. And I don't use it ever. So having a party where the sole purpose is to use the hot chocolate set. You could also have a come to your senses salon where each person brings a piece of art 
that is dedicated to a different sense. So maybe one person brings an artisanal cheese or chocolate. Maybe one person brings a piece of music where you all listen with eyes closed. Another person could bring their favorite fragrance of essential oil where you do inhalations. Another person could bring their favorite massage cream or massage oil, and you could massage yourself or massage each other. You get the picture. That is one I have never hosted, but I came up with for this podcast, and I think it's a fabulous idea. So I will be running, not walking, to create the invitations. And that's one last thing I want to say, is that creating a gathering like this you know, once again, depending on how much energy and effort you want to pour into it, is not just about the gathering itself, but it's about the pleasure of the preparation. And so cleaning the house, my mom was just here for Easter weekend, and just cleaning the house in that particular way when you know you have an esteemed guest coming, clipping cherry blossoms to place on the dining room table, maybe even sending a handwritten invitation or dropping off a little mason jar of blossoms on the guest's doorstep where you don't even ring the doorbell, where they just open the door and they see them with a little thank you note. You know, these things certainly take time and they certainly take energy and attention. And yet I always come back to John O'Donohue's book, Beauty, the Invisible Embrace, where he talks about the intensity and the stress and the grind in which we live and how it seems like we don't have time for these gestures of beauty, that there's no room for such frivolity. And there's some quote that I don't have in front of me, but it's something along the lines of, and yet, is it not our forgetting of the essence and the comfort of beauty that has led us to where we are. And so my loves, this was so fun to record for you. I hope that you received at least one gem that inspires you to create more meaning and more intimacy and more soulful connection in your relationships. And I think I already said the last thing I want to say, but this is actually the last thing I want to say, is that a reminder that all these details of these gatherings are simply a container, that the ultimate goal is to be present and to be in the joy of connection. And I think we can often forget that when we're planning an event. And if that system of accessing and tapping into your full system of embodied intelligence is something that perked your ears. I will be opening the program again for embodied intelligence coaching in just a few weeks. You can learn more at schoolofsensualliving.com slash coaching. And thank you so much for listening. See you next week. For coaching, classes, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video series on how to reduce anxiety and intercept the stress response 
through powerful, confident body language. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence to watch your first video today.